Hello and welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. In this podcast, we're going to be jumping into the question of how do you find the one? Is there even a such thing as the one? Yes. But before we jump into that, uh, I don't know, big... <laughs> Existential uh, yeah, question. question. Um, <laughs> just want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by and sponsored by Skillshare. And Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes in InDesign. Not InDesign. Well, yes, in InDesign, <laughs> but in space design. Um, <laughs> if you're not aware, InDesign is a design platform by Adobe. But yes, learning Photoshop and Illustrator, InDesign, but also just generally design, business, technology, all those things. Anyone can join the millions of members that are already in the community to learn cutting-edge skills, network with peers, and discover new opportunities. And similarly to streaming services like Netflix or Spotify, Skillshare members get access to the entire class catalog for a low monthly price instead of paying upwards of hundreds or thousands of dollars per class. Skillshare is usually $10 a month, but because you are a deeply curious listener and you're curious enough to want to learn some things, mm -hmm. you can get your first month free by going to skillshare.deeplycurious.fm. Again, that's skillshare.deeplycurious.fm. FM. And that gives you unlimited access to 18,000 plus classes completely free for one month. So beat the system, set everything aside, sign up, learn some things and spend a month taking every class you possibly can. Yeah. And you did it all for free. <laughs> I'm going to be adding, I've already added a, a class or two. And if you want to check those out, you can do that um, by signing up at skillshare.tvcurious.fm. And I'll be adding more classes in the future. Yes. Okay. Are you my one or just one of my ones? I think probably just one of the ones. <laughs> all right. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's all we needed to say. So... This question, I think, plagues the minds of especially, I think, the male um, mm. half of our species um, mm. that trying to find the one for them, the one that, that completes them, the one that is the most compatible. And, you know, if, if uh, searching through this new age of tenders mm -hmm. and swiping, like... Mm -hmm. Basically, the only question you're asking in the on online dating first is sexual chemistry or nah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, nah, nah, nah. She hot, swipe. <laughs> and then she's like, eh, eh, hunk, swipe, match. Hunk? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've been told. Okay. Um, so generally speaking, in today's modern era, yeah. um, <laughs> the first, um, you know, question of compatibility is do i want to have sex with you yeah attractive level attractiveness which is such a shallow question yeah to be asking <laughs> to uh you know potential matism i suppose it depends on your goals you know i don't really want to like put a blanket statement on it but if you're looking for a long-term situation it's probably not the best avenue to <laughs> <laughs> to find it. <laughs> Obviously, there are stories of success and yeah. long-lasting relationships that have come 
you know, from that. Yes. Um, so it's not to say that that is impossibility. But generally speaking, what we're going to be taking the approach that you, the listener, are looking for a lifelong soulmate. Partner. A partner in life. Yeah. Also known as a spouse. Yes. And the, I think where this is something that Sarah and I very much agree on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I like to bring things to the podcast that we typically have differing points of view. Right. But for this starter question, we definitely are very much in line with our answer. Um, but hopefully as we embark down the river of uh, relationship advice is, <laughs> I suppose. Um, that's not a real river. No, just, yeah. It's a tributary. Yeah. Um, so we may differ in some things and we can get into that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> for this though, the one, is there the one for somebody? I guess you can, I'll let you start. start and it, you know, in your humble opinion in my humble opinion yeah um can you find is there the one i think no <laughs> this is the short answer i think the whole notion of the the one is kind of crazy when you think about it and i, I don't know ludicrous absurd like uh, because there are what are almost eight billion people now mm -hmm. in the world and to think that there's the one for you is absurd. Absurd. It's absolutely absurd to be like, I mean, what if your one is in Morocco and you never get to go to Morocco, yeah. you know? Or, or, or you went to Morocco one week of your life, but he or she wasn't there that week. And so because right. of that decision, you now missed the boat and you will never, ever meet the ultimate right. perfect match of your life. That was destined to be your one. Right. And now you have to settle for your that's, number two. That's absurd to me. I understand the the romanticism behind the one. I get it. Like we all want to think that there's this person out there who's just really great for us. And the, um, what is it like a Greek or Roman myth thing where you have, it's basically like the best friend necklaces. Like you have a piece mm -hmm. that's like, you know shaped or what like a puzzle piece and then they have a puzzle piece and like the puzzle pieces fit together and like you're just kind of roaming around until you find the other half to your puzzle piece like i get the romanticism behind it but it's just not plausible yeah. <laughs> i think more than anything like it's it's proximity Mm -hmm. Kind of. I think there are so many people who can be your one. Yeah. That's just the truth. Now, that's not to say that you can make it work with everybody because that's not true. Like, it's not like, oh, you could pick anybody off the street and they could be your one because that's not it. Mm -hmm. But there are so, there are, I don't know, probably hundreds or even thousands of ones yeah. that you could have. I, did, I agree in the statement of, of there are hundreds, if not thousands of the ones um but i tend to lean towards you can make it work with anybody mm, um, i don't think so but if you do make a unwise decision and ignore the signs that yeah. are going to clearly be there yeah you are setting yourself up for 
more difficulty than is necessary. Right. If you were to, and I'm going to throw these out here blanketly, and I know that there are exceptions to every rule, but if you were to embark in a relationship with somebody who is, you know, 20 years your senior and or junior, and like that is so much added difficulty on top of the already difficult thing of marriage, like being in a intimate the most intimate relationship you can possibly be in in your life is marriage. And to add the added difficulty to that of a massive age gap or a massive language gap in that, Mm -hmm. in that the person that you find, it doesn't even, you know, speaks very little of your language um, or that your backgrounds are so completely opposite. I mean, that it's almost like, it's so hard to even come to a compromise on certain things. Right. Now, I do believe that if both parties are working towards health and working to be selfless and and willing to step into a marriage and uh, selflessly, I guess is, is, mm-hmm. what I'm, is what I'm saying, and be there for the other person and be willing to change and grow together, I don't think there is a gap that can't albeit slowly closed or you know brought closer together yeah but i mean i understand that 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 is in a perfect world that both people are willing to do that you know because of love and all that type of stuff i just think there are some there are certain life values that are just so opposite that like and not i mean not even like the big ones even just like how you operate and live like sometimes you are so opposite in the the wrong way you know what i mean like you can be opposite in the best ways and still be together and it works great or at least you can make it work great but like there are some things that you are just so opposite from other people in the wrong ways and like (laughs) you just can't bridge that and yeah i don't know i just tend to think that you can't be with everyone necessarily but i do think that there's not just one yeah. And I mean, I, I definitely lean in that direction as well, as far as you, you know, saying that, you know, you could make it work with everyone is a stretch. Yeah. But let's, I'm throwing out random numbers, but let's say there are, you know, a hundred thousand, um, or yeah, I mean, let's just say like there's, 10,000 mm-hmm. people in this world that are highly compatible. Right. These are the people that you have, you know, similarities in a lot of areas. You know, right. And, it, you know, you have the hard work of marriage, but generally speaking, you're like yeah. you know, together in, in a lot of things. And then maybe 100,000 or 500,000 outside of that, that generally speaking, still the same. There's just maybe one or two pillars of your life that are Mm -hmm. clashing but you can work through it right you know and maybe there's a million people outside of that that um you could still make it work with those people even though you are at it you know like i mentioned earlier that there are decades of age gap right and it it can work you could do it but you are adding unnecessary difficulty Mm -hmm. to your life right um and then maybe there's another billion people outside of that that 
Yeah. I mean, I you have a hard time believing that you could be compatible with a billion people. But you're saying that you would be 100% uncompatible with a billion people? No, I'm just saying, okay, I guess if we're doing like tiers. Yeah, it's like you. each level comes with a new added level of difficulty Okay. in your relationship. Okay, sure. So anyways, that, yeah. that to the core of the question, to the bullseye yeah. of the one, there is not even a more, I, I believe, mm-hmm. there is definitely not a more centered bullseye than, you know, maybe 10,000, 100,000 people mm-hmm. in the world that you could be with. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think like, I I think choosing to believe in the one kind of sets you up for failure in, so, in some ways. Yeah. I think like you... Well, first of all, it's a lot of freaking pressure on you and the other person <laughs> to like be exactly the one. And then also because of that, you get in your head of like this sort of, it's basically a fantasy of like another person. And then when the real person doesn't match up to what you fantasize the one is, then you're like, oh, they must not be the one. And then you drop them. Yes, exactly. It goes to to just managing your expectations. Right. I feel like uh, maybe this happens on both sides, but I will speak to my uh, experience with men, mm-hmm. boys um, <laughs> in my life that- They're just, all going to be offended you yeah. called them boys. <laughs> well, at the time, they were boys. Um, <laughs> then just- expecting so just having unrealistic expectations of what a woman should be mm-hmm. that they are looking for mm-hmm. that this you know woman is going to you know they know how imperfect they are and they know how imperfect every human in their life has ever been and yet their expectations is that one day they're going to meet this woman that all of a sudden defies human existence Mm -hmm. and and is this perfect being with blameless and without sin and you know that fulfills every um i don't know desire and whimsy Mm -hmm. in them that you know they they first have this uh you know reaction of she walks in the 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 light glows fireworks and and, and fireworks and like Oh my gosh, look at the, you know, face, legs, X, Y, Z mm-hmm. of that, that one. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, shimmy up closer, get to know her. They're blinded by lust at first and everything is going amazing. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, she eats her Doritos too loudly. And that doesn't <laughs> fit the picture of the perfect woman that uh-huh. was fantasized over the years of being an adolescent male. Mm-hmm. And now... That come up with all of these excuses yeah of why oh, i don't know I, i'm just not attracted to her anymore or i don't know just doesn't you know right fit the narrative of which i've told myself right which is definitely like a hollywood thing i think we can attribute a lot of expectations from hollywood um movies whatever because in a movie it's really easy to be the cute, charming, quirky girl, like, mm-hmm. in two hours, right. <laughs> you know? But even in romantic movies, there is always the end of act two, beginning of act three, that 
is one of them was not living up to the standard of the other person. Right. They break up. Right. And then they get back together. No, every, I know. Everybody wants the love story at the end, but they forget the whole second act that they- I know, you but know, I'm were, saying it's because- the whole fantasy is lived out in two hours mm-hmm. instead of an entire lifetime. So it's kind of easy to, <laughs> to like play up in your mind, you know? Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think girls do the same thing. I think they put like unrealistic expectations on boys. Now I, I do think, well, I actually don't know this. This is just like my opinion, I guess. I don't know. Like generally I'm not going to speak for girls, but I do think that maybe girls understand a little bit more that guys are not everything that mm-hmm. <laughs> that they want them to be. But I actually don't know if that's true because I feel like there's that whole dating scene for girls too. Yeah. Where they just like really expect a bunch of chivalry and whatnot you know i was just they, it they almost... do the whole like read my mind to know exactly what i want with you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and then when the guy doesn't do it because obviously they're mm-hmm. upset so maybe they do it too yeah i mean i i think they expect that, the romantic comedy yeah, as well that that is a high possibility but also <laughs> i was just thinking that it is just as plausible mm-hmm. that um, men have set the bar so low over the course of uh, <laughs> yeah. decades that women are like, wait, you have a job? Yeah. And, and it's like, like that scene in, you know. in P.S. I Love You. She's <laughs> yeah. like, what's your name? Are you working? <laughs> yeah. Are you gay? Are you single? Are you gay? <laughs> like, wait, what? You fit? You checked uh, all four of these bare minimum boxes that I need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have a pulse and you are breathing. You're just my type. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that everyone has unrealistic expectations. And I think whenever you meet somebody and then realize that they're a human being as well, it just completely shatters like everything. So you go around thinking, oh, they're not the one. But that's not true. I think you just have to check. It's one of those things where you have to constantly be asking yourself, like, why do you expect what you're expecting? Or Mm -hmm. like, what are your... Um, expectations and how unrealistic are they for another yeah. human being to to meet? Because um, it's really easy to like forget that, right? Really easy. Yeah, and I think expectations in relationships is kind of like the 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 number one killer. Yeah. I actually listened to a podcast recently about this. Um, not coming to me of which one it was, but they were talking about how, as society, how much we have shifted our view of a spouse, mm-hmm. and how how many ever decades or hundreds of years ago um, it was that you know whenever you entered into marriage, you entered into marriage as a partnership to right. run the farm together or right. you know do whatever, and you were meeting. A specific need and that need was that you know one companionship and then two needed a second person to join together like a business partner to create (laughs) a life business partner right and it was like but outside of that i mean typically the the uh either of the the spouses would have a 
group of people who they would um, have for, you know, like going out with the boys type thing. Yeah, I would it's say like, like the, the women recreation. would go get their hair done together right. or whatever. It's like, you know, have for, you know, they would have these people in their life that they would have for recreation or for um, times of even hurt right. that they would they would have these people in their life for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, uh, there were many different, I guess, group like different emotions different situations of which you would typically have other people in your life surrounding you that you could go to that would meet other certain certain needs needs in your life right but throughout this time and in into the modern day we have merged all of that into one one person Mm -hmm. and now we are expecting to partner with this one person who is going to fulfill every emotional, spiritual, um, physical. physical, and whatever else you know needs mm-hmm. in the, in this one person. And I think that having that much expectation put on a highly fallible being mm-hmm. of a human, and expecting that person to fulfill all those needs and still not only fulfill all those needs, but fulfill you right. to they, that I, I have seen this a lot in, over the course of my, you know, short life so far that so many people look to a, a partner in to complete them. Well, we're told that we're taught that from the very beginning, you know? So it's, I mean, completely understandable that people would think that, that, oh, I just need to get married and then I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. You know, I I just need to find the person who, whatever. Um, Because there's not another, there's not another narrative going on (laughs) about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, it's completely understandable why people would get it mixed up. But I think after, I mean, I would say even probably to some degree, I believed that. I mean, I don't know because I've been married for 10 years now, so it's hard to – I know the truth, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to remember. But I think probably I believed that. Um, and it's like a shocking uh, – it's like a blow. Revelation. Yeah. It's, it's like a huge, like, oh, my gosh, what is happening when you find out that's not what marriage is? And then you have to go through the whole, like – I guess, grieving process of like um, just learning how to be married without all of the crazy expectations Mm -hmm. and like understanding that a person is a person and they can't be the one who fixes you. Right. You know, Um, because it's I mean, yeah, that's not the point of marriage. Yeah. And none of us know that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think the big thing that you just said is that expecting another person to fix you. Right. And that if you are looking for the one to come to come in and right. like they you you see the the glimmer across the bar and mm-hmm. you you know go over and you do the whole thing and that person is now you know supposed to meet all your needs and fix you. Like mm-hmm. just think about the absurdity. Right. Of that statement that this think, person is going to fix me. Yeah. There's like a, 
I mean, there's kind of a thing going on now, or at least I like, I keep seeing quotes and stuff like that about it, but about how like you have to love yourself before you can like really love another person. I actually like kind of have like, I don't know if I really believe that, but um, yeah. just that whole notion that like, but the, the message of it is y- another person is not going to fix what's wrong about you. Mm-hmm. And so like, you need to learn how to like, take care of that, whatever that means for you, like accept it, change it if you can or want to and like move on, but don't look to somebody else to to take care of like your insides, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing that I've said many times in the past that, and you'll probably hear me say it many times in the future, (laughs) it is something uh, along the lines of the God-shaped hole that we all have inside of us. And based on my Christian worldview, this is, you know, really how I view our humanness, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the fact that, yes, we are all imperfect. Yes, we are all humans and we make mistakes and we live in this fallen world and we are all sinners. We all, I guess, come with like this void void that is a God-shaped hole and the, and I, you know, get the name gives it away that is a God-shaped hole. And the only thing that can actually perfectly fit within that void is God, our maker in that relationship with him versus what we, you know, that hole can be tried to, we can try to fill that hole with a multitude of mm-hmm. things, you know, including career and you know spouse you know sex whatever it is that i feel like every person is always on this constant journey of trying to fill that void that is inside of us and i think that the danger really comes to play whenever you are expecting another human Mm -hmm. especially like somebody that you are choosing to life partner with as a spouse to fill that need because that person will fill that need for a time. And so maybe you went through the dating process and you did get married, but then at some point, you know, just like a, a crack in a dam, mm-hmm. the, the water starts to come through, trickle. trickle out and it finds the holes that were not filled, you know, that the, uh, the octagon filled the circle but there's still some gaps. And so over time, things started coming through that, you know, you you had thought that this person completed you, this person fixed you, this person filled that void inside of you. And now you're coming to the realization mm-hmm. that that is not the case. Right. And I think that's where the danger comes in because that, that's whenever all of these thoughts come in of like, it shouldn't be this hard. Something is wrong. Right. Now our, we are broken. I am broken because... I picked the wrong one. This this person obviously was almost the one. We lasted, you know, this long or we were mm-hmm. going to get married or whatever it is, and it feels like I thought that I thought they were the one. And it and then you start having all these doubts and fears and and thoughts of that you were wrong. Yeah. That this is the wrong person. Yeah, I think yes, for sure. Um also like a, I guess a side note, I guess on 
I guess, I guess, <laughs> on um, the void. I think regardless of what you believe, like faith or, or whatnot, trying to fill a void with another person or a career or accomplishments, I guess. Maybe yeah, not money, a career, but anything. accomplishments um, is always going to leave you feeling like there's some sort of lacking mm-hmm. or something missing still because none of that is fulfilling. Like accomplishments are just numbers and they're never going to be enough. And we talked about that in, I think, the Start With Why podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the corner office is not going to be enough because once you get there, there's something else. Um and a person is not going to be enough because they are flawed just like you are. Um, so regardless of, like, your faith, I think, like, you have to – regardless of whether you want to call it faith or God or whatever, or you want to call it the universe or, you know, the mysterious, like, there's some sort of, like, inner peace that you have to, like, find. And that is – I mean, I think it's God, but that's a thing – that's the thing that, like – truly helps you be satisfied with who you are and like be satisfied in not needing these outside things to fulfill you Mm -hmm. you know so i think because i think what what masquerades as fulfillment is the journey of those things like, yeah. like the journey of trying to get to the corner office, the journey right. of, of finding the spouse. Right. It can almost, um, you know, present itself as fulfillment. Right. But the moment that thing is is uh, achieved, the moment... There's like a big drop off. It's like, oh, this didn't, this didn't fulfill me. It's like a gradual incline because you're achieving, you're doing, you're whatever, and then you get it, and then there's just like a massive cliff drop off because right. you're like, oh, shoot, now what? All because, the emotions are gone. Yeah, because I got the thing, and it's not what I want, and it, it doesn't fix me, Yeah, and now I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Like, I, I achieved this thing, but now I still go home unhappy. Right. And, yeah, yeah. you know, so... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you can't you can't fill it with people and you can't fill it with accomplishments and accolades and whatever. Yeah. Cuz it's 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 really just you're looking for something outside of yourself. Yeah. And that's the problem, I think. Yeah, I mean I I yes. Looking for it outside yourself is the is the main thing. One thing that trips me up and and even counter contradicts mm-hmm. what I'm saying is I do and you'll agree with me too that I mean people are the most important thing. Oh yeah, there's nothing more important on earth than people. Like if you but were to try thing. to fill that void with, you know, love and relationships and family and well, people, that's That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you like, can call it anything. You can call it the universe, you can call it love, you can call it whatever God, you can call it whatever you want, but it's this certain like inner peace that doesn't come it the problem is actually maybe this is it when the most important thing in the world is people right and you're focusing on love and family and relationships or whatever you're out your your focus is outward mm-hmm. your focus is what on what like how can i love you how do i love you why what is it about you that's worth loving because mm-hmm. everybody has something right so what is it about you that's worth loving i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna love it versus when you're like trying to 
fill right. the void, you're looking like, okay, what are you going to do to love me? Right. You know, how do I need love from you versus how do I love you? Preach it. Right? Like, I don't, I think you need to say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> That's my pastor, Sarah, going down, throwing down on the pulpit. I think, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the key is like, it's you know kind what of fills me. Hmm. It kind of turns me on a little bit. Your intellectual capacities. Okay. Yeah. That's why I married you. <laughs> wow. I am so uncomfortable. Okay. Um, I think that's the key. You don't, you're not going to move on. Are well, you, I'm, you're just going to stare on. at me. I mean, you can't just turn things off immediately. It has to cool down and take a cold shower or something. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, that's what I think. I think, um, outward focus versus inward or, uh, yeah, versus inward focus, like, or I guess versus selfish focus. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily inward focus. That's the big thing that you said. Like, I think that's like the biggest thing to take away from that is whenever, if you're using people and you're using love Mm -hmm. in an inward focused way of like, I need to fill you need to fill me. You right. need to fulfill me and you need to complete me. Right. That's whenever... I expect certain things from you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And versus going outwardly focused and knowing I am an incomplete, broken person, but I'm going to love you and I'm right. going to see past your incomplete and brokenness and I'm going to give you my love so right. that I can build you up ultimately that is what is going and it to, will be returned to you right that's it there's like a quote that says something like that like if you need a friend be a friend if you need love if you see something love. say something yeah the <laughs> subway <laughs> yeah but it's it's that exact like notion like if mm-hmm. if you are if you look around and notice you don't have community go be community like if you look around and notice that you don't really have a lot of friends that you like the type of friend that you want go be that type of friend and it will attract what what you're looking for Mm -hmm. um yeah and not to harp on this i mean it's just it's i mean because i i do feel like ultimately it is the answer or the true path to human fulfillment and flourishing is the why I, i bring it up again i do think that you can live a happy fulfilled joyous life with everything we just said of Mm -hmm. you know with people and relationships and love and doing all that stuff right but i just to bring it back around real fast is that (laughs) i do think that that still only fills that void to a certain percentage um and i I think that the only way to 100 percent fill that void is to seek after something even bigger than Right. I, I mean, another, I yeah, definitely believe in spiritual, um, I don't know. Ality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that uh, a really good person to, to study on marriage. marriage and relationships is uh, Timothy Keller. Yeah. Um, and one quote from him in his book, The Secret of Ma- or The Meaning of Marriage, is talking about like what we were just saying that love shouldn't be this hard yeah yeah, we we, whenever we get into the talk of i mean i thought they were the one why Mm -hmm. is why is this difficult is 
he said, I've heard people say over and over, love shouldn't be this hard. It should come naturally. And in response, I always say something like, why believe that? Would someone who wants to play professional baseball say, it shouldn't be so hard to hit a fastball? Would someone who wants to write the you know great American novel of her generation say, it shouldn't be hard to create believable characters and compelling narrative? Yep. This is a, you know, the, and then he says, the understandable retort is, but this is not baseball. This isn't literature. This is love. And love should just come naturally if two people are compatible. But- if they, it, you know, if they're truly soulmates, love should right. just come naturally. The argument against that is that no two people are compatible. Right. No two people are in in any way. One hundred percent. Yeah. Or you know, because they're not perfect alone. They're not perfect together. Right. So you're bringing two imperfect creatures into one in all their imperfection, <laughs> and, I, and expecting you know that to just be easy. Right. I also am a very big believer in nothing that's worth it comes easy, mm-hmm. and like almost to a fault, maybe. Like I make things hard on myself, on like because I feel like if it comes easy, then it's not worth having. <laughs> um, but I feel like that in relationships too, like. Anything that's worth it takes a lot of really hard work. And so, and we, we believe that in careers. Like we, we believe that in literally We believe everything. that in everything. So it's like I, going to the gym. It's like the hard work pays off into a hot Right. Bar. And it makes you feel good. Like working hard makes you feel good. It sucks in the moment. It sucks so bad. Like nobody goes, signs up for a gym. Works right. out once and then be like, well, I thought that was the one. Let me go try this other gym. <laughs> yeah. It's like the or, only reason that gym's going to work is because you put in the hard work. And like in your career, you understand you have to pay your dues. You understand you're not going to walk into the corporate scene and automatically be in the corner office or whatever, or be the CEO and owner. Like we understand that you have to put in the work to get the results outside of relationships. But for some reason... In relationships, we've come to this conclusion that if it's hard at all, it's not right. And we just sort of like drop people, even in friendships. Like Mm -hmm. the first sign, the first sign of an argument or a disagreement, people are like, just ghost everybody, (laughs) you know? And it's like, I, I don't know why we believe that because we collectively understand that anything that's worth having takes hard work. Yeah, I I think there's two sides to that. One is just everything that you just said. Mm-hmm. And we, we, you know, we, we know that the good things take hard work and yeah. yet we don't want to put hard work into a relationship because we think that the one should just be easy. Yeah. Two, I think though that some of it may probably, not even probably, it does, mm-hmm. stems from the fear of being hurt. Oh, yeah. Because the only, the only huge, awful, vulnerable rejection comes from people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, and this this is a really great quote from C.S. Lewis, um, and it talking about not loving because we're scared. Yeah, and he says, "Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give your heart to no one, not even to an animal." Wrap it up carefully, round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in in the casket or the coffin of your selfishness. But in the casket, 
safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. And it will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The alternative, the alternative to tragedy, or at least to the risk of tra- tragedy, is damnation. Hmm. He believes that you shouldn't even love animals? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what he's saying. That's saying what well, would happen. He's saying if you want to protect your heart, you shouldn't even love an animal. Right. Because even an animal dies. Oh, okay. If you give your heart over to an animal. I see. I was thinking the animal would break your heart too. And I was like, Optimus will never break my heart. <laughs> but I guess if they die, that's yeah. true. I mean, if you give your heart over to anything, it will perish. Yeah, it's true. And if you, the alternative, like I love what he said, like the alternative to not g- giving over to even the risk of, of that yeah. is damnation. You are yeah. like damning your own heart to a cold lifeless mm-hmm. existence. Brene Brown talks about that a little bit, not necessarily specifically about love, but just about like turn your heart away or like close yourself off from like hurt, rejection, vulnerability, whatever. And you also turn yourself off from being able to experience joy and happiness and light and love. It's true. You can't, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it sucks that it takes, um, I don't know, like darkness to experience light, I guess, but it really does take that. And I think that everything is a bit shallow if you're not willing to, you know, feel things. That's so for that I just (laughs) (laughs) said. Enneagram (laughs) for. Wow. Anyways. Um, Another really good thing that I read. is about the expectations and the, the the just the thoughts of that there is that marriage should be easy mm-hmm. and and not be hard work right. um, is from the Duke University ethics professor um, and he says destructive to marriage is the self fulfillment ethic that we assume that marriage and the family are primarily institutions for personal fulfillment. Right. Necessary for us to become whole and happy. The assumption is that there is some someone just right for us to marry and that if we look closely enough, we will find the right person. This moral assumption overlooks the crucial aspect to marriage. It fails to appreciate the fact that we always marry the wrong person. Hmm. We never know whom we marry. We just think we do. Or even if we first marry the right person, just give it, just give it a while, and he or she will change. Yep. For marriage, being the enormous thing that it is, means we are not the same person after we have entered it. The primary problem is learning how to love and care for the stranger to whom you find yourself married. <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot. Also terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm already married. Like. <laughs> Glad you didn't read that before you got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, well, just the whole like you always marry the wrong person. That would be enough to keep me from ever getting married. <laughs> I think it should be freeing. Like I think it no, should be. No, there's something in me that is like that is terrifying. Although to bring it back to the Enneagram 4 for a second, that's sort of the thing for us, right? We're just always searching for something that's missing, blah, 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 blah. So I think maybe that's just that. Like you're terrified of making the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think maybe it is, you know, the, my personality versus yours, but just the fact that, I mean, I would read that and be, think that it's freeing to know that, okay, there isn't, you know, this one perfect. perfect person to, you know, enter this relationship with. It is just, you know, like uh, my, my opinion stands the same from the beginning that there are people that are going to right. make life more difficult. But generally speaking, if you are following in, you know, in healthy scenarios and you're putting yourself in healthy environments to find, you know, a healthy person, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then, you know, th- even that person is the wrong person. Right. But through heart, like just th- the construct, I guess, of marriage right. and in the entering into that covenant with each other, there is something so powerful and transformative of a, there is no deeper relationship on this earth than the one of the covenant of marriage. Right. You will never, even if you are living together, dating for years and years and years, I truly believe that it is different and there is nothing the same as entering in a covenant relationship with a spouse, you know, with another person who becomes your spouse. Right. And I, I like what he said too, is that even if you did marry the right person, you change. Just give it a minute. <laughs> because because he says marriage is so enormous and right. so transformative to a person entering into that relationship that even if the person was right before, th- right, they're going to change because of just I just mean, for the mere if fact I were the that same, they got married. Yeah, if I were the same person I was from eighteen forever, that would be terrible. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have a uh, very well, Different. not very, but we do have a unique. Um, right. scenario because yeah. not only did we change because of getting married, but we changed because if you don't change <laughs> between the ages of, uh, 18, 19 and, you know, 29, then yeah. there's larger issues at play. Yeah. Yes. So we did change a lot, mm-hmm. um, in, I mean, ultimately I would say in good ways. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, especially like just maturing into who we are, into marriage and into being for each other, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I do, we definitely, so to get into like us, we got married at 18 and 19 and we changed, like I said, a lot because of just growing up. Mm-hmm. We changed a lot because marriage changes you. And most of that was fortunately in the same direction together Mm -hmm. um and it led us to growing together in all things to where you know in closeness right but i think both of us absolutely changed in ways that the other person did not expect Mm -hmm. or after marriage was revealed Mm -hmm. because you never truly know to the core of who that person is until after marriage and cohabitation. Right. And things were revealed that were not expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There well, was a time where I thought, oh my gosh, I made a terrible decision. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have that question in marriage, then I don't understand how you're a person, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. I don't mind admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> there, there were times where I was like, 
this is not it, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we, I, we actually had a really good conversation around th- this part of our marriage in the beginning part. Um, whenever, what podcast was that? So we can point them. Oh, I think it was maybe the Enneagram podcast. Mm. Because, well, to give you a gist, of, hopefully we'll be able to think of, of which episode it was. Because it was at the end and we were talking about... Um, I remember. Male and female differences in the fact that I did not recognize right. at all that anything was like... Wrong. A, a miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were like on the verge of... You, you were probably fully depressed and yeah. on the verge of, you know, self-harm. I was and a mess. And I literally <laughs> had no idea. Had no idea. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, we're great. I'm <laughs> just like, uh what? <laughs> it's like you want peaches or cream tonight? Because <laughs> everything peaches and cream. Because everything is A okay. A okay. Yeah, no, I did not feel that at all. I felt the opposite. I felt like I was dying. Suffocating, actually. Not dying, just suffocating. You know, like what, yeah, mm-hmm. you're like underwater clawing for air. That's kind of what it felt like. And that was like, I don't know, two, Probably three, years, three years. Yeah. Of the, and this is where the hard work thing comes in. Right. It didn't have to be three years. Right. But because we were both young and, mm-hmm. and emotionally immature, mm-hmm. I did not recognize there was anything to be fixed. Sarah did not have the conflict resolution capabilities to speak up and also say, let's just be fair that you were a little difficult to no i'm I'm saying like I did not recognize in me i mean obviously I was the cause of your tur- turmoil and but I did not recognize that, that yeah my, like my right. emotional immaturity and blindness right didn't like i wasn't self-aware enough in that moment to realize the effects i was having on you right and you didn't have the ability to speak up and say this is what you are doing to me right and because of that and and the result of us getting married at such a young age was that there were there were a couple few years of our life right that you know could have it, 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 would, it would have been hard work regardless. Yes. But it didn't have to last so Suck long. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's true. I will find that episode and I will, I will link it in the show notes with the specific time code because it is at the end of the episode. But I think the conversation that we get into is uh, really poignant for what you just listened to mm-hmm. and um also just really i, I think powerful because like sarah um opens up you know yeah i talked that. about like what it felt like yeah to be married at whatever 21 yeah. or something <laughs> yeah um so yeah that, uh i don't know i think we answered the question right yeah, I mean, there's def- not the one for you. There are lots of the ones, and it's most important to focus on finding your inner peace or love or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, Jesus, and not expect another person to fix it. Right. And I do think, like, regardless of your religious background, your faith backgrounds, like, 
it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> if you believe in God or not, a person is still never going to fulfill you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, in a, in a, uh, inward, I yeah, guess, yeah. in a selfish way. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but <laughs> in the same breath, people ultimately are. They're the only thing that matters. The only yeah. thing that matters. And <laughs> will, are the fulfillment, like, of, like, the happiest part of life. Yeah. Like, absolutely. The, the happiest, most fulfilling thing on this earth is our community and relationships with spending it with people other people Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm on the struggle bus for how to wrap this up transition transition um (laughs) but uh i will transition by saying this podcast is also sponsored by betterhelp uh, BetterHelp.com is a affordable private online counseling service with unlimited access to licensed therapists. And it's super simple to sign up. You just fill out a questionnaire by going to BetterHelp.com slash Jensen. And you are matched with a online licensed therapist. And you can begin counseling as early as that day. And this is, this is like you are matched with a therapist and you get to talk to them through FaceTime, through chat, through, you know, whatever means that is. And you, it's the same as face-to-face counseling, but you're not in the same physical location. And because of that, it's way more affordable than what it would typically be to be in the same room as a person. It's like 150 to $250 a session. Mm-hmm. And it can be as affordable as 35 to $65 a week, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know if you noticed, is much cheaper than 150 <laughs> to $250 a session. Yes. Um, you must be 18 years or older to use the service, and it is not a crisis hotline. It's a weekly counseling service. Um, so there is – the link is in the show notes as well, but if you don't want to look at that, <laughs> betterhelp.com slash Jensen. Yes. So I think that's uh, going to wrap up the show. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that conversation was good. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I feel good about it. You feel good about it. Yeah. So that's that's as much as we can really offer. Yeah. If you have relationship questions for us, yeah, let us know. I actually do like talking about relationships. Yeah, I I have a lot of things that I want to talk about right now, but Mm. we've already been talking for an hour. We need a podcast for next week too. So, (laughs) (laughs) and so I want to be respectful of your time, and you know, not just keep talking and talking and talking because you know you may not even be listening to me right now. Yeah, because we've already we've ended basically. (laughs) You've already listened to the second ad. I don't even know why you're still listening. Why are you still listening? All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you missed um, any back episodes, all those are available at deeplycurious.fm or on iTunes, Spotify, whatever the heck you want to listen to the podcast on. But we do really appreciate you guys listening and uh, giving us a rating on iTunes and listening to the back catalog and giving us your feedback by, you know, commenting, emailing, whatever the stuff that you do. Tweeting. Um, We love it. We love it. We love you. We love each other. Amen. Goodbye. Bye.